Hello and welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today in the show, I have Jordan Aiton of eState Planner. eState Planner is an online platform that allows for the collaboration and creation of estate plans and estate planning documents for advisors and for lawyers. And with that, here's my interview with Jordan. Good afternoon, Jordan. Well, it's great to be here, Jason. Thanks. Thank you for taking the time to come in. Excellent. Thank you. So Jordan Aiton of eState Planner, tell us about eState Planner. Sure. So it's um, it's software that assists advisors in planning wills for clients using technology, having AI guide the advisor through decision-making. And it also sets out a framework for making it easy for the client to understand and for the advisor to keep focused on the myriad of issues that pop up when you're planning somebody's estate. So that's really what we tried to do with it and visualize the whole process rather than simply having a dialogue with note-taking on a piece of paper, making sure that the client and the advisor were on the same page, literally using a visualization of the planning and of the result of the planning. Excellent. So we have a lot to dive into. I've already been playing around with it and I very much like it. But before we get to that, let's talk sure. about your history. Sure. So tell us about your history and what led you to start the company. Sure. So I'm a wills and estates lawyer and one of about 30 specialists in Ontario that only does wills. That's mm-hmm. all I've done for 25 years, basically. Mm-hmm. And as a lawyer, I recognized the flaws in the system that we'd been using for 500 years, which was that (laughs) verbal dialogue with the lawyer taking notes and the client not knowing what was being covered or those kinds of things. So it's funny to interrupt. It's, you yeah. know, it's, it's uh, you know, part of my value proposition as a financial planner is that I'm going to sit in the room and explain to you what the lawyer said in basic English. Yes. And you'd be amazed how many times the conversation happens, the question gets asked and the client just looks at me for like, what? Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> so. well, that's a fundamental problem for lawyers and advisors. Agreed. And so What I developed was a a low-tech way of dealing with it, a process that broke things down into very simple concepts for the the client that they could make one or two, three options. And I did that on a whiteboard. And then what I decided was, you know, we're collecting all this data, but we're not reusing it in any way. And so why not turn this into a digitalized version of it? And that was the very first concept was mm-hmm. to turn the whiteboard into a digital mechanism. Like so many great companies that come from whiteboard scribble. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's literally how it started. I had every client had a whiteboard picture. And, um, <laughs> and you got tired of putting a marker on your hands. So right. I get it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And taking a picture and having sending it over. So plus there was all that data that we were collecting that wasn't getting used again when we, we needed it. So I created a first sort of beta version as a lark. And that took me a couple of years to develop and it wasn't very effective. It was good in concept, but it, mm. it wasn't easy to use. It wasn't user-friendly. It mm. wasn't achieving everything that I wanted. So about a year and a half ago, my partner Ian Hull and I uh, decided we were going to take this product and, and make it usable for the, for the public, for lawyers and advisors. And so that's what we did. And we developed, we revamped the entire thing. Although the concepts were the same, the entire program was started from scratch. Mm-hmm. And we built in the idea that now it could generate summaries and visualizations. And even for lawyers, the documents themselves, the wills, the powers of attorney, the life insurance. Yep. And so that's what we did. 
Fantastic. Which, um, yeah, I can't even, when you think about the complexity of estate planning and how many different variations there can be and uh, to, to just even a simple case. And we know there, everybody's a butterfly. Everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's a snowflake, right? And you encounter this a lot when it comes to family dynamics of a will. The fact that you've been able to, I think, very effectively be able to digitize the experience of making some of those esoteric things happen is, I was impressed by just how deep you went. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So let's, let's get to the experience and talk yeah. about what this looks like. We'll start from the, you know, the lawyer standpoint. They want to engage a client in this. What does that experience look like? So a client says, yes, I'd like to talk to you about doing my will. So I add them to a Hully State Planner as a client and they immediately get a link to their own website that they can use to fill in data about their family, themselves, biographical uh, data, as well as asset data. And that is immediately viewable by me in my portal so that I can see how far along the client is in filling in that information because that's a huge problem for lawyers and advisors is getting the data that we need to make proper decisions. Oh, you're not kidding. Right? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes basically I just, I see that they're sort of, they're there and they're not getting much done. Just let's call them in because I can do it with them live. Yeah, some people have to be sitting in the room telling you what it is as opposed yeah. to uh, having them enter it in themselves. Absolutely, and Estate Planner allows that, right? So you, the client can fill in some, which is usually what the case, the client fills in some of the data about themselves and their family. But when we sit down, I realize, okay, I need additional data. And the program prompts me for that. Residency, for example, how crucial that is. Do your kids live in Canada or are they living in the US? That can have very dramatic impact on the planning. That's putting it lightly. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So so that's that's the thing. And very rarely do clients recognize the importance of where were you born, things like that. So the, the number that are still shocked when you know they're American and we tell them what their obligations are and they're just like shocked and in right. outrage. And it's like, no one's told you this yet? How have you gotten this far in life without, <laughs> without realizing the IRS is on your butt? There's all these yeah. US citizens that are running around and they don't even know no, they're they US have citizens. no idea. Oh yeah, that's the other problem right. is am I yeah. a US citizen or not? Who yeah. knows? Right. So that's the idea. So now I've got the data. Okay. So the way I use it is I have a, a screen in my conference room. I sit down with the client. The estate planner is up. The family tree is up so they can say, yeah, oh, oh that, that person has a middle name or this person I want to add my sibling in. And it, everything is visual. So it's not just me sort of to asking them questions. Everything's visual. They're yeah. looking at the same no thing. No long yellow notepad taking care of all this. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole concept of Holly Estate Planner is based on a model for estate planning called the 323 model. And that is that every estate for the client is broken down into three scenarios at most. What happens if your spouse is alive when you die? What happens if your spouse is not alive, but you have kids or grandchildren? And what happens if everyone's gone? Yeah. And we just go through those three scenarios and plan one by one. And it keeps the client focused on each sort of uh, factual situation. Mm -hmm. And then the two in the 323 uh, model is breaking down their options into only two options. So every time they want to make a gift to somebody, they only have two choices. One is an absolute gift with no strings, mm -hmm. the simplest. And I always say that if you ever use the word but to describe a gift, like I want to give something to it my- It should not be absolute. Right. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. what you've just said is I don't want it absolute. Yeah. I want to trust. And there's only two options, absolute trust. And that's how we use- a whole estate planner is based on that so that the client can understand, oh yeah, I understand the difference between those two. And really once they say that, then we know how to guide them in their decision-making. And the last part of the 323 model, and it's visually represented, is that a, a will is, is really made up of three parts. It's a funnel mm -hmm. that sorts the assets between the estate and the non-estate assets, like joint assets, filters that filter out things like 
tax and probate tax and initial gifts like legacies, and then a bucket at the bottom that catches everything else. And that's the residue of the estate. Mm -hmm. And that gets divided into percentages. And that's just what a will looks like. Basically. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. Nicely summarized. I never actually heard of the 323 model. I've done a lot of estate work, but I haven't come across it. And that's as simple as you can make it, quite honestly. So, And honestly, I, I, when doing something like this in an area that it can be as complicated as it can get, breaking it down and designing the software around that, I think, is, is very smart. You made the experience very easy. And now let's talk about, so we have this, you know, you have all the data, you have all the, the client information in. Let's talk about the the planning process now. So right. you want to create the will. What does that experience look like? So the client's sitting there looking at their list of assets, which are listed on the screen. And the advisor simply says, okay, tell me about your RSPs. Let's designate your spouse. And they click on the RSP asset and they drag it and they drop it into the box that's mm -hmm. joint and designated assets. And Estate Planner knows A, that that's a spouse mm -hmm. and B, that it's a designated beneficiary. So it, it gets rid of the tax aspects, the income tax aspects, because it's a rollover to the spouse. And it knows to avoid the probate tax calculation because now it's going directly to a beneficiary. So even if I haven't designated a beneficiary in the entry for that RSP, by dragging it into the, you know, you have a joint designated section, I designate that, what's going to the spouse. Yeah. Because it's an RSP, automatically you're taking care of that. Correct. Excellent. And so you, in fact, you don't really worry too much about what the beneficiaries are right now. Mm -hmm. You're working on what do you Who want? Who gets what? Right. Yeah. And so the assets, one by one, you can, if you want to leave the, the cottage to one kid or something like that, you can click on the cottage, drag mm -hmm. it, drop it into initial gifts. And that will prompt a whole set of issues that the advisor has to go over with the client. So rather than historically, the advisor having to remember all of the different issues that have to be canvassed, yeah. Estate Planner has a checklist in essence, and you literally check things off. Is this going to be an absolute gift? Who are the beneficiaries? Mm -hmm. Most importantly, it warns you about potential issues like what about the fact that income tax gets triggered on as a deemed disposition yeah. when you die on the cottage, but you're giving the cottage to one child? Yeah, the old, I'm giving one object or one type of account, yet not factoring in the after-tax implications of that. Or, you know, the old, I'm giving the RSP to one kid and the house to the other. But meanwhile, the kid who unveiled it's the house and here's the tax bill too. That doesn't make any sense. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. You can't imagine how many times planning is done that way. And so what the yeah. other great thing about Holly State Planner is that it, prompts you. We have advisor alerts that are using AI to say to you, you've given the cottage to one kid. You've given the balance of the estate to other people. There's a disconnect there. And the tax, have you considered the tax implications of mm -hmm. that? And so the AI is actually helping the advisor not make an error because I can speak for lawyers only that the claims have gone shooting straight up for against I lawyers. I have seen many terrible wills in my day. That's all I'm going to say, unfortunately. Right. And I'm right. not a will. I'm not a lawyer, but I know enough to know what a will looks like when right. it's right. But yeah, it's uh, and and unfortunately, especially with all there is to know these days, and every you know everybody's predilection to you know I want it this way that way. The number of ways you can screw this thing up is just infinite. Well, that's that's true, and that's what we've seen certainly about the claims against lawyers. Mm -hmm being in the last, they've doubled in the last seven years and mm. they're going to just keep going up and up and up because there's just so many ways you can make a mistake. And mm -hmm. what we're trying to do with, with Holly Estate Planner is that we're trying to avoid 
having to know everything. And that's really what we're we're doing. It's it's using artificial intelligence and to look at yeah. all of the facts. And let's be frank. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm going to be a little bit blunt on this. There's plenty of lawyers who do lots of different fields of law. Yes. And anytime I see anything more than two, I kind of cringe. <laughs> what can I say? I'm blessed yeah. by being surrounded by a lot of good lawyers in Toronto. I'm able to find a specialist in everything. And when I see someone do five different things, including wills, because wills are easy, I just, I've seen so many go wrong that it just makes me, makes me cringe, like I said. And so, I mean, the fact that you're creating a tool that helps those occasional estate lawyers mm -hmm. be able to avoid common pitfalls. I mean, first off, remember, I think about the outcomes. You're protecting the lawyer, absolutely, but by basically giving them a better way and a more bulletproof way. You're protecting the client by ending up with better results. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so... It's so smart to digitize this entire experience to the degree that you have, because frankly, everybody wins. Well, that was the idea. I mean, the level, you know, I, I always joke that the process hasn't changed in 500 years. The only difference is they used to use a quill pen and now yeah. we use a, a ballpoint, but it's can't. Well, there's we're, a better way. We're also way. not writing on lambskins, but you know. <laughs> right. yeah. There's a better way. And the idea that, that a client is seeing in real time the decision-making and the effects. So if I Absolutely. do something and drag something to a spouse, I'm going to see the fact that income tax is being reduced or I'm giving something to charity. What's the effect of that? Mm -hmm. Advisors very often don't use real numbers. They just say, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. But now... Now with the technology that we have, we can show the client the actual dollars and cents that are saved by making certain decisions. You know, especially in the area, you touched upon it, you talk about, uh, get, you know, charitable planning. I mean, it's one thing to show someone their tax bill. It's someone else, something else to actually be able to do the planning within the estate and say, okay, well, you know, do you have any charitable ambitions? Do you like to see that? Well, let me just show you the impact of this gift and bam, and show them just how I'm like, wow, that's, I save that much and yeah. I give that much. Okay, well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna basically reduce my tax bill that much, I have more to give, and so on and so on and so on. So, right. hopefully, you have a positive impact on the charitable giving space as well. <laughs> right. Well, that's what we hope that people recognize that there is a bottom line a benefit yep. aside from the there's a financial benefit aside from the other benefits, and that we do show that through the program. So you basically sorted this all out, collected the data, sorted it all out, created the scenario, and then you're exporting to a templated will. Yeah, the first part that's that's really useful for mm -hmm. uh, the client is that it generates a visual graphic right. yeah. representation of the will plan. It generates a PDF in you know a colored PDF that shows the funnel, the filters, and the bucket, and the client can actually see. Oh yes, I'm giving this gift to this person, and this is coming off the top. And then what are my beneficiaries going to end up with? Yep, this is what they're going to end up with. And in a very simple way. I've had many clients tell me that they, they've got wills, but they have no idea what they say. <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah. It's not written in any language except that. Well, I'll tell you, I think a, you know, part of our process is to summarize their estate plan into one page with bullet points. You guys have done it in a much more visual and appealing way that's integrated with the actual will process. So I thank you for that because it's going to make my, make my process look better too. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you're right. No discernible way. And you know, unless you're used to reading legalese, it's not something that the average person wants to do. No. And that's the benefit that I know that some of our financial planners who are using the software are having is they bring the client in with their will and they say, you know what, I'm going to translate this will into a picture for you. I mean, that's value added. Like Absolutely. the client says, wow, this is, this is great. And that's what I'm finding some of the people that were, that are using it that aren't lawyers even, mm -hmm. they're saying, I'm translating your will into a picture mm -hmm. and into a bullet. The other thing yeah. is it produces a text summary that's very simple to understand. Absolutely. So that's one of the benefits of, 
of it as well. Better communication. And I mean, the great part is you basically have done this all with word templates. So, I mean, you don't need to know the code. You just need to know how to change text in word and you can overlay your own template as, you know, an advisor or as a, as a lawyer to make that happen. Absolutely. And, and, and it's, that's the other part. It generates the actual documents for, for lawyers. I mean, it saves a, a great deal of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, not only that, I mean, besides the basic wills and power of attorney, we're not talking about something like an online will kit where, no. you know, like we're talking the complexity you've built in this is far more robust. I mean, I was one of the first things I was like, okay, let's see if he handles dual wills. Yep. You handle dual wills. For you, those of you not in Ontario or other areas where this matters, we can pro- non-probatable assets on a second will and therefore avoid probate. And your system handles that. So off the bat, I was like, well done. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I basically created it for myself. And so <laughs> I can sometimes do complicated wills and, yeah. and anything that the program can, you know, it asks about any kind of sort of planning that you want to do, and it can generate the, the text for that. So yeah. it, some things are done better by, by software than by humans, and humans Lots make a lot of mistakes on names and spellings and things like that, which <laughs> software doesn't. Yeah, do we ever. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. uh, but yeah, so I mean, let's talk about, so based off all that, let's talk about a couple other issues here. Uh, let's sure. talk about the future. Let's talk about where you want to take this. We've already talked about integrations. I mean, I think data capture, you must have, so let's talk about what you want to actually integrate with in the future or what thoughts you've made to that. So the idea is really, there is this data. Now we're very cognizant of the privacy issues. So we're never going to collect any kind of data that has any specific information about specific people. But Mm -hmm. what we're allowing the advisor to use who already has the data is to use it across different platforms. Mm So use it not only for will planning, but down the road for other integrating it with financial planning, Mm -hmm. retirement planning, even when the person passes away for the administration of the estate and Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. So that's the idea is to is not to share necessarily the data with anybody else. That's Mm -hmm not what we're into, but the fact that you've got all this data can help you with many other aspects of planning. I know that for financial planners, when you're sitting down with a client and you don't know where all the assets are, it's very hard to plan for that. Uh, And often they don't necessarily want to tell you or or think it's any of your business. But Mm -hmm. if you're planning for a will, and one of the things that Holy State Planner does is it it asks for data about all your assets Mm -hmm. because you need that in order to show the will. So that's an attractive feature for sure for somebody who's also doing retirement planning or life planning or anything else. So tell me about the macros you built into this. It seems like you built this off Azure, so you're saying AWS and everything, and you built in the ability to build your own custom macros. What does that look like? And what's that meant to accomplish? So basically the idea is that if you create certain regular types of gifts, like I'm always giving things to a spouse in a qualifying spousal trust, or I'm giving my kids when I have clients, for young, with young kids, we're doing trust to age 30 with a mm-hmm. distribution of 50% at mm-hmm. 25. You can create those gifts that in a macro and then with a click of one button. So you're create, standardizing your process around your clauses, right? Correct. So yeah, so I, and, I typically do it this way. Yeah. yeah. So in other words, when you're sitting with the client, you can really have the plan generated very quickly and the client can see the, and you can of course make changes to it, but mm-hmm. can see sort of where to start. Fantastic. So, I mean, a couple of things. When I first saw this, I was highly excitable <laughs> because of it, as I do get around new software that I think is awesome. And I mean, my first comment was, geez, you're calculating the tax bill. Like, is every insurance guy in the country knocking down the path to your door? <laughs> I mean, I look at this and think to myself, like, what a phenomenal, like, we're talking again, we're talking about the tax bill, right? We're talking about getting what the actual end result is. What a phenomenal tool for actually showing people the financial implications of their death. Financial planning software can do a decent job, but oftentimes it's limited in terms of how many different types of, you know, this 
this doesn't quite follow the exact arrangement of the estate. Something like this it just basically creates that opportunity set. So I think, um, like I said to you, you need to start building in projections of where the bill is going because, frankly, that's that's going to attract a lot of uh, the estate planners out there. Yeah, I mean, there's well, this is like I said, we collect all this data, but yeah. then we don't use it. I mean, we have it. Yeah. We might as well use it and show clients when you pass away, there's going to be a bill of. $600,000. And where's the liquidity coming from? Exactly. You know, And so that's where insurance comes in. And, but it's quite, I mean, it's visual. Like the client can see, oh yeah, I see, oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what's happening. Oh here. yeah. And it's coming from an integrated way on the estate plan. So yeah. it's much more, I think, credible a source than the insurance guy is trying to sell them something. Right. Because it's, you know what, this is the estate plan. I've said I wanted to do this. This is the reality. And right. so, oh my God, this is the actual end result. So that works out incredibly well. Now, one of the things I really liked about our conversation we had over the phone previously was you have a bigger ambition than just the wills for this company, right? Like, what is it you want to do? What's the bigger kind of big, hairy, audacious goal you want to? Well, I, I think... Quite frankly, it's moving it. I mean, wills work anywhere in the world. That, mm -hmm. The concepts work anywhere in the world. So certainly soft, the software, the concepts will work uh, mm -hmm. in all jurisdictions. So that's one aspect is to move it to different jurisdictions. The other thing is to integrate it with a bunch of other kinds of software that can really make the life of advisors much mm -hmm. easier, seamless, and really drive the client's satisfaction. And that's really where we're going with it, at least at this stage. Who knows where the future will go, And uh, yeah. but that's that's the idea. It's excellent. I think, honestly, it's funny because I, I look at this stuff and I think to myself, a lot of common reaction I get from people who don't quite want to change is the almost fear that, oh, you're trying to digitize me out of a, out of a job, right. right? And what you've kind of done is you've kind of, this gets widespread adoption. You're changing the focus on where the actual value is. The Correct. value is never in, like, there's value in drafting. Don't get me wrong. There absolutely right. is. But- Let's face it, you typically draft a template and then revise the template over and over again. If you had to draft from zero every time, that would be ridiculous. Right. So you're already doing some automation. The real value in anything that automates complex processes and complex knowledge like this is in the fact that we still have to understand what's coming, what's being spit out. We still mm -hmm. have to plan around what's being spit out. Right. We still have to be able to explain to clients what the actual reality is. So you're shifting the focus more, I think, from the heavy lifting side of the business to the knowledge uh, to the knowledge side of the business. And for that, I think, frankly, anyone who's who's a knowledge worker should be thankful for that sort of thing. That's exactly it. I mean, the value that we add is on the advice side. It's exactly. the experience. It's the emotional connection. It's the communication. That's where advisors, I think, yeah. add value. The drafting of a will, in most cases, is actually a very technical and doesn't really require that much that much skill. And it's prone to error, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, and very prone to error. Yeah. Very prone to error. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's really what we're trying to... We're not saying all the, the draft is a final draft. Certainly, there's things that you have to look at and revise for each client, of course. Yeah. But the idea is takes away, as you've said, exactly the heavy lifting of repetitive sort of and trying to keep it all in your head and making sure you don't make a mistake. No, absolutely. That's, that's really. I tell you, it's I think about where this can go. And I'm very excited simply because I think about the ability to like we talked about previously, the ability to integrate something like this into a financial planning software, for example, like right. I can work on a financial plan. I can spit this out, not have to rekey anything in. Here's the family tree already done. Here's all the assets. And then now we're just into the actual myself is in there to help them plan. The lawyers in there to help them plan, whatever it is, and be able to get this done so much faster and so much more effectively. And, and don't, don't get me wrong. There's definitely a role. I mean, the thing is, is that unfortunately, I think there's still a, a general consensus or general belief amongst the population in most cases that they look at almost a will as a commodity, right? I need right. a will. 
Right, right. Like, like I need an orange, or like, right. the, yeah, like yeah, yeah. no, a yeah, will yeah. is not something you take off a shelf. Like, right. don't get me wrong. There's a place for the legal will kits or the online legal will kits right. of the world for very simplified cases. Right. But let's face it: the second you have any degree of complexity, what I mean by that, someone else in your life, right? <laughs> right? Any kind exactly. of money, like it's just like okay, everything is out the door now. It's time to start figuring out how to handle this with with a true professional. So the ability to help basically create more uh, comprehensive experience for those who need it. I think it's, it's fantastic. And I look forward to seeing where you take this. Oh, it's been uh, great to be here. And I really yeah. appreciate all your support of this. Oh, my pleasure. So let's talk about uh, two quick things. One quick sure. thing before I ask all the other questions, because I have to ask, what is the price? Because I also like your pricing model on this. Yeah. So it, it's a, um, a flat monthly fee of $19 a month. That gets you access to the system. And then you just are charged for each client that you add. So if you add a client and you want to do an estate plan for them, it's $75 for that client. And you can do as many plans for that client as you want and spend mm -hmm. as much time on that client, generate all those documents over and over again, whatever you like. And it's $75. And that's Which has to be the biggest number. I mean, for us, you know, will powers, wills and powers of attorney for a you know, couple, I mean, going right around here for a basic one is still around 1200 bucks. You know, I think you're probably need to say somewhere around that too, for $75 to be able to do this and, and make your life a lot easier and make the experience. I'll tell you right now, I have plenty of friends who are lawyers. I have plenty of colleagues who are lawyers. And one thing I will say is I don't think any lawyer has ever thought about the client experience <laughs> like right. you seem to have, thankfully. But like, let's let's face it. It's not exactly the most dynamic. No one's ever like, yes, I'm going to go see my lawyer. This is going to be exciting. Well, I'd hope to change that. Because, that's like, yeah, because, absolutely. Because it, it really should be an experience that is not bad, which is empowering. That's, absolutely. That's the idea is to empower the client in obtaining that knowledge and the advice and feeling good about it. I, I would say to you that, that that's something that lawyers are not very good at, and I hope to change some of that. Yeah. For all the stuff I read and listen to on the experience economy, you guys just really need to get started we, we, on that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. There, there is no experience. Well, we think we're sort of indispensable, so we don't care mm -hmm. about the client, their experience, but that's not the way the world all works. All it takes is one law firm to basically turn around, create the create a wonderful experience that people rave about, yeah. and suddenly you'll get that just from word of mouth, right? So well, that's what I'm getting the feedback from my clients, certainly about yeah. the software. When they see it, they're like, wow, that's that thing's cool. Can yeah. you do this? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, absolutely. So before we wrap up, I always have three questions that yeah, I ask bet. everybody. So the first one is, if you have one wish for something you could change with your company, with your industry, whatever it might be, what would it be? That's a good question. Everybody says the same <laughs> thing because they're looking for time. No, uh, <laughs> I think the idea that Technology is not going to get rid of all estate planners. And so there is that conception. I think if people were less concerned about that and more embracing of technology, I think it's going to be better for, for everyone. So the, the mm -hmm. perception of what software can do for us in the estate planning field that's something I'd like to change. I feel like everyone's so afraid of the, the Skynet or the like truly like virtual assistant that can truly like potentially replace a human being. And we are so bloody far off, if ever, going to from Correct. that, right? And in the meantime, all we're basically talking about is massive productivity and efficiency gains right. compared to what we were talking about before. Right. And just a better experience. So I totally get that. People feel challenged anytime their normal status quo is, is basically challenged. But I mean, competing with guys like you, someone's going to say, oh, I can't go to my will. The experience is terrible. My guy was awesome. You should see, he all these drag and drop things. And I right. finally understood what he was saying. And he gave me this takeaway. I was like, wow, I should go talk to your guy. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen is more and more people adopt your platform. So what has been the biggest challenge you've faced thus far in terms of getting it to where it is? Now, I do preface this by saying, Saying, I know you've only been public for about a, a month, uh, roughly. Yeah, just just over a month. Okay. Yeah. So in the fledgling development and now just gone to market, what's been the biggest challenge you faced? 
really the the resistance to any change in people's normal use of of software and the way they're used to doing things. Your industry's not known for change. Yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> that's the thing. And lawyers trying to sell the lawyers uh, any kind of technology is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the biggest challenge. That will be our challenge throughout until there's enough momentum that people are like. We have no choice. We've got to do that. And that will come. So I'm curious. It's very early. It's too early to say, but I'm wondering if there's any kind of demographically based feedback you're getting. Are like a younger lawyers basically more likely to adopt it? Or, yeah. Definitely younger lawyers are more likely to adopt it. We have about 20 right now. And there aren't any people who are in their 70s. But it's not just the first the youngest people. It's mm-hmm. it's it's people who have been out for you know numbers of years. But they're willing to give it a chance and they're willing to see that technology is the future in our business. Like every other Other business in this world. Oh, don't get me started. Yeah. You know, like, (laughs) do they think that Will's lawyers are the only people that are going to be immune to technology? (laughs) It's ridiculous. So, so that's. Uh, Yeah, I should talk to some of the guys in my industry. (laughs) You know, like that is, it's coming. You can put your head in the sand and pretend and do it the old way. Yeah. And you'll probably still be successful for the next 10 years. I like to say the only difference between us and dinosaurs is that we can step out of the way of the, of the asteroid. Yeah. But most people just stand you know, stand there screaming at the asteroid saying, right. go away. It's right. just like, it ain't stopping. It's going to hit you. It's coming this way. Yeah. That certainly has been the challenge. Oh, no doubt. Always, always adoption. It's, uh, but you know what? And then this kind of leads to me to an interesting thought too, in terms of the value of practices, right? Like I think of like, if I am an estate lawyer and I'm looking to succeed out and basically sell my, I know succession is not the easiest thing in your, in your industry, but if I'm looking to in any way, shape or form, take someone on and have them take over my client book and pay me something for it, having everybody set up on something like this compared to the old fashioned way of go pull the paper file or the digital file and then start reading. Oh my God. Multiples beyond what the standard would be. Yeah, because everything's there. Yep. The thing is, if you want to, up, if you're now, you know, if laws have changed and you have it, we update our the templates basically monthly, if not more Jeez. frequently. So you've got the most recent one. A client comes in, I want to update my will. Boom. Even if they're not making any changes, think yeah. of the value you could add by having them with the latest draft. Yeah. Or, or built, you know, the other way around where, where it's being driven, the, the that client means being driven by those legislative changes. Legislative right. changes happen. You build right. the right intelligence, it's going to be like, oh, here's a list of everybody affected Correct. by this and to the degree, right? We think about, like we talked about integrations before, you know, if you can get into the data scraping world and be able to update this on a regular basis, God willing, right? It's like, oh, the client just had this much of a deviation of net worth. That drives another engagement. Right. Like you think about the monetization ability to do right. something like that. I mean, one of the things that has not hit the legal world the way it's hit some other industries is changing the relationship from a transactional one to a monthly retainer based. Mm-hmm. I picture something like this being able to drive a, hey, you're going to pay me hundred bucks a month or whatever it is. And we're going to take care of your state needs every time it comes up. And it's going to be driven by all of these different triggers. And that way, no matter something happens here with the lawyers, guess right. what? You're coming in, it's covered. Don't worry right. about it. Yeah. Like Netflix it. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's so many ways. I mean, really what we do see is the, just the different ways of delivering the service and the value that that this can provide to Enormous. so many ways. Yeah. And and we're just right now at the tip of the iceberg. So yeah. we're getting our feet wet a little bit, but uh, the future, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, well, well legal tech is uh, is a term that barely exists. Right. And uh, you pick the industry to start picking on because everybody else is, it's been quiet and sleepy and uh, it hasn't seen much innovation. So well done. And then the last question I have for you is, what excites you the most about what you're working on? What gets you up every day to keep doing this and, and push on and, and deal with the people who, who get upset at the fact that you're trying to replace them with technology? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's so cool for me to take what I do 
and be able to do it in such an efficient manner, like hitting the button and seeing this will that would have taken me two hours to drive. You just want to like faint every time. You're just it's like, like, oh. like this is, I think that's, and making it better and better. That's yeah. really what gets me up in, in the morning is, is saying, oh yeah, I got to remember to do this or do that. And just making this thing better and better is really what's exciting for me. Oh, fantastic. Well, well done. Thank I mean, you. like I said, for something that's like basically right out of the gate, uh, you did a great job. I mean, you've been playing with it with it long enough and fixing your own problems, right. but I'm excited to see where this will go. And uh, yeah, I encourage everybody to check it out. So that's the Hall E-State Planner. And I think the website is, is it e, e, e slash stateplanner.com? Is that correct? It's e-stateplanner.com. Yeah. yeah. And we'll put it in the show notes. So yeah, thank you yet again for taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you. So that was my interview with Jordan. I hope uh, you enjoyed that. And as always, I encourage you all to take a look at it. And frankly, in a subject matter that can be rather dry and negative, I think that he's done a wonderful job of creating a very visual and dynamic way of explaining to the client what's going on with their money when they pass away. So hopefully this takes off. And with that, as always, I'm Jason Pereira. This is Fintech Impact. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcast. Take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at fintechimpact.co.